Hi, this is Jeff Dixon. I'm the pastor of Word of Life Miami, and this is our podcast. I'm glad you've chosen today to tune in and listen to what God has for you through the words that you're about to listen to. As you listen to this, we start the series, The Journey. I want you to realize that you can find the Father as He is our destination. God bless and enjoy. This could quite possibly be one of the most significant messages that I will share. I don't want to downplay any of the additional messages within this series, but this is the one where, as you could say, the rubber meets the road. I'll focus over here on the our live audience. This, this is, I used to have a, a professor at Oral Roberts University by the name of Joseph Mikasa. And everyone loved Joseph. I knew him as a young kid. He attended our church, and then I met him again at ORU, where he taught me a class called Oral Communications. He's in heaven now, and I can only imagine maybe that he's noticing that I'm communicating orally as a living, something that he's very instrumental in helping me. But Joseph was from Uganda, and he was the funnest person I think I knew at the time. Funnest, I know, isn't really a word. But he was full of life and full of joy, and he used to, with his Ugandan accent, he'd, he'd get all excited and he'd put this huge smile on his face and he goes, oh, this is where the robber meets the road. And I love the way he would roll his robber, would roll his R's and he would get so excited and he'd get to laughing. He was talking about serious matters of communication. And I'm going to tell you today that this message is where the rubber meets the road. As we look at our journey, as we look at our ability to be able to to move in this process that Christ has for us, this is a journey that we are walking in, and we've got to start at the foundation of it all, which is, again, where the rubber meets the road. So if you have your Bibles out there on Eland, turn with me, if you can, to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Looking at the first 14 verses of John 14. This is a uh, common scripture that is shared at funerals. But this is not a funeral today. This is actually a life-giving opportunity for every one of us that is tuning in this morning. And it says this in verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You see... There's a connection here where Jesus is saying right out the gate, if you believe in God, you should believe in me as as well or at the same level in which you believe him. He goes on to say, in my father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that there or where I am, you may also be, and I got to stop, I can't help but pause for a moment and look at these two uh, phrases in here. If I go, and I will take you. If I go, and I will take you. You see, what we've got a picture of is Jesus was on a journey, and he's laying it out very, very clearly, but yet covertly at the same time, because he's saying, and if I go to prepare a place for you, what was Jesus preparing to do to prepare a place for us? He was going to have to go to the cross, wasn't he? 
Wasn't that the place of preparation for you and I? You see, Jesus was saying, as I go, wherever I go, my journey is towards the cross. From the day he was an infant until the day in which he hung upon the cross, his teachings, his healing, his message was all leading him towards the cross. And we can clearly say in this place that his journey was the cross. And then this phrase, I will take you to myself. You see, we're supposed to relate to the death of the, on the cross in our flesh. We are supposed to die just like he did, metaphorically speaking. But this going where he's going to the cross prepares a place where we can be then his bride and he our bridegroom. And this word, this phrase here, I will take you to myself is the same as a bridegroom taking his bride, and you see we are called to have intimacy with Christ. If we don't do anything else in our lives, if we don't discover our purpose or our anything in regards to that, we will find it in identity and in intimacy with Jesus Christ. See, he wants us to be extremely intimate with him to the point in which everything that we are, he knows, and everything that he is, we have access to. What a powerful place. To be, And then continuing on in verse 4, and he says, And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, Thomas is saying, after Jesus says, uh, you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas says, how can we? And he says, because I am the way. If you know me, You know the journey. If you have intimacy with him, as you dive in to know him more, to accomplish more in in growing in your relationship with Christ, as we fall more in love with him and have a, a deeper, passionate pursuit of who he is, we find ourselves on the side of this that says, I know the way because you are Jesus, the way, and you are the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father. No one has access to God except through him. And in verse 7, he says, If you had known me, you'd have known my father also. From now on, you will know him and have seen him. What power is in those words? If you had known me, you would have already known the father. So the idea idea here is how do we know the father? By knowing Jesus. By knowing him. And I'm not talking about about To know him to the point in which his true and very existence permeates the life in which we live. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me? What? Show us the Father. And he says, have I not been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? See, I just want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to seek to know Jesus. I want to find Jesus in every aspect of my life. And in doing so, again, the Father is made revealed, has been revealed. He says, do, not, do you not believe that I am the that I am in the Father and the Father is in me and the The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. See, God is here working through Christ. And when he says, I do not speak on my own authority. And 
the Father who dwells in me, he does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. See, I've proven myself and I've proven the validity of who I am in him by the works that I've been able to perform is what he's saying here. And he says, truly, truly, very important. He's about to say something profound. I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. You see, the most profound statement, the most, uh, uh, if you could take all of this, and if Jesus has said, I've said these things, I've told you that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but it's like he's taking you by the face and he says, now listen to what I'm about to say here. This is the most significant part of the entire dissertation here. The most significant part of what I'm trying to tell you in this exchange of words and in this exchange of relationship. The most important thing I'm trying to say to you is whoever believes in me. Whoever. Not not some of you. Not that person and not this person, but any of us collectively, as we believe in Jesus, he says, you will do the works that I do. And greater works than these will you do because I am going to the Father. What did Jesus do? He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He taught powerfully and victoriously. He died upon a cross. He was resurrected. I'm so thankful that we get to live resurrected lives as we believe him, trusting that those things that he did, we can also do. It's not that one person has a special gift over another to perform the works in which Jesus said we could do, but every last one of us, if we believe in Jesus, we will do. Because he says it here, matter-of-factly, whatever in verse 13 you ask in my name, this I will do. Why? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You see, what a powerful exchange here as we pick apart these passages of Scripture together. We're going to see the opening to this series of the journey that we are called to go through as a result of the journey that Jesus went on. Leads me to my first observation, and I want us to be very clear about what I'm about to say. There is room for all of us on the journey. Every last one of us, and, and that is skin, regardless of skin color, race, nationality, it all comes down to this. There is plenty of room. How do I know this? He said in verse, uh, verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many Rooms. You see, he has a place for me. He has a place for you. And in belief, none of us can be excluded from that. There's room for every nation, ethnicity. And as a matter of fact, not only is there room, there's plenty of room. There is room to spare. Looking at this in Galatians 3, 27 through 29. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ and you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to that promise, you see very clearly there is room for us all on the journey. And on this journey... 
the most important thing or one of the most important things we can come to is this second observation where it says the journey happens because we know the destination. I would hate to be aimlessly going to get nowhere. Do you follow me? To just wander around. You see, one of the struggles that I I have is when I'm waiting on someone to show up or when I'm waiting on storms to develop or whatever, I tend to just pace and walk around with no purpose, no place to go, just waiting. But you see, when we just walk in circles, we get nowhere. But if we have a destination to pursue, we can get somewhere in Jesus' name. And verse 3, Jesus says, and I go to prepare a place for you and I will come again and I will take you to myself. And where I am, you may also be and you know that Listen, you know the way to where I'm going. We know the way. There is a destination in mind. He hasn't excluded any of us from that destination. We have a place that we're headed. You might say, well, what is that? How do I discover that? Well, we're going to find in verse 6, it says, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. You see, when he says he's the truth, he's saying, I am true reality, and no one comes to Father except through, and we could add this word union with me. You see, the Father is the destination. Now, we're not living this life to one day get to heaven. However, one day after we leave this earth, we will get to heaven. But we are living this life to have heaven invade us right here, right now. And in so doing, we discover that as heaven invades us, the Father becomes revealed in front of us, and He is ultimately our destination. But we get there only through Jesus, who gives us the true reality, and only through union with Him. Close connection, union, walking arm in arm of one mind, of one spirit. We're going to possibly look at the second chapter of Acts, first and second chapter of Acts in the weeks to come, where we look at the, the disciples as they're all in one place. And looking at this understanding of being all in one place, we discover they also had one purpose. And I know there's not many in this room. I don't know how many are online right now. It doesn't matter. Only to say every last one of us probably has a different uh, different um, purpose. Now, I don't mean like the end all be all. What's the purpose of life? Every one of us is living right now for something. And you see, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, they came into union and they became in one purpose and one mind and in that the Holy Spirit was able to pour out in a dramatic way and I can only imagine if this body of believers would walk into this place in a single-minded purpose knowing that his name is Jesus watch out and believe for what God can do through and in us see the father is the destination fourth observation We've seen this even through the last series we just did. It says, works confirm who the Father is while we are on this journey. Works confirm who the Father is while we are on this journey. You see, we're not called to just walk to get there. We're called to exchange and interact and demonstrate on the journey. Verse 11 says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. You see, we are called to perform some kind of works as Christians, as believers. We are called to demonstrate who God is. We are called to do this on the journey. And the cool thing about that is none of us is spiritually where we want to be. 
But we can't wait until we get there to demonstrate that God is still real and God is still good and God still loves other people and God still wants to pour out his presence on others. We have got to realize that we are, might be here or we might be there in the journey, but we are on a journey and during that journey, things must be present and that is the power of God to heal, to set free, to demonstrate. And kind of a litmus test of all of that comes from my fifth observation for while we're on this journey, it says our actions show that we trust Christ to work through us. You see, if we're called to have works and, and do what the Father said, then we've also got to have faith to step out in trust. Verse 12 says, truly, truly, I say to you, whenever or whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And I just wonder, if we're not doing the works, do we believe? It's kind of a harsh phrase, isn't it? If we're not demonstrating, do we believe? Where is our faith in? Our ability to take the next step or his ability to pour out through us? James plays it out very clearly in chapter 2, verses 14 through 20. He says, what is, or what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace and be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and they shudder. See, the difference between the demons and you and me is the ability of God to perform works through us when it comes to our belief in who he is. Because not only do we have faith, but we demonstrate where our faith lies. And he says, do you not, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? I want to have useless faith, useless faith. I want to have actions behind my belief. I want to demonstrate where I stand in my understanding that God is true reality. It's hard for us, I get it. It's hard to go out and it's hard to demonstrate. It's hard to have faith because just like you, I have been there and I've laid hands on people and I've gone up and talked to them and I've prayed for them out in the streets and I've not witnessed any kind of change except what I do know is they were demonstrated the love of Christ that we cannot demonstrate apart from Him. Maybe that's the greatest work that we can accomplish as believers is demonstrate the love of Christ and maybe those people that we've prayed for, we've laid hands on, that even though there wasn't an immediate demonstration, however, I believe God wants that, even though there wasn't immediate demonstration, maybe their encounter with the compassion and love of Christ set them on a journey to find true healing, just like we look back to, to the man when he was lowered through the roof, uh, the, the, the lame man lowered through the roof by his friends, and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Says, which is easier. He wanted a demonstration behind. So maybe in this moment here, we have put before us an opportunity to put someone else on a journey to discover the true reality of who God is just because we demonstrated the true reality of his love for them.
listen, we don't do works, we don't go on this journey, we don't perform these things so that the world can look at us and see how awesome we are. We can't perform these things and say, oh, look at me, I am the healer. No, it is all about God's glory. And even Jesus had this straight. Jesus is God. Jesus shares the same authority as God. But he says, wherever you ask in my name, this I will do. Why? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I ask you this morning, are we truly believing the words of Jesus? Are we truly going on this journey together? Do we see that the journey of Jesus was towards the cross, but on the way to the cross, he demonstrated the reality of who God is, and in so doing, the world around him gave glory to God as he was seen in Jesus. And that's the journey we're on together today. That's the the plan that we're headed on And that's what I'm hoping to outline in the next coming weeks is how we fulfill the call of God on our lives through this journey of intimacy with Jesus. And I cannot wait to reveal more as he reveals more to me, but I want us to be a people that are demonstrating God because we are on a journey in faith and belief and we understand that with that faith, works must accompany. Listen, I'm saved by faith, but the actions behind that salvation transform who I am and it becomes apparent that God has gotten a hold of me can we together watch God get a hold of this world that we live in (laughs) well I sure hope you've enjoyed today's podcast I hope it's challenged you and enriched your life I hope it's helping you live a life closer to service with Jesus Christ Hey, if it's done anything for you today, if it's meant anything, we could use your support. And there's several ways you can do that. First off, you can pray for us. Pray as we're doing our church plant here in northeastern Oklahoma that God is totally blessing all of our efforts, but also in the area of support. If you want to give financially to what we're doing, you can go to our website at wlmiama.com. That's W-L-M-I-A-M-I.com and click on the Give tab and go through the process there to contribute. And also, if you are in the area area near Miami, Oklahoma on a Sunday morning, why don't you join us for our live experience at 10 a.m.? We'd love to see you. God bless.